Today's scripture reading is going to come from Acts chapter 8. It's going to be verses 27 through 39. Acts 8, 27 through 39. This is Philip and the eunuch. Now, in the, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charged of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. When the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake his, take this chariot. So Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can, I how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he had read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water, what hinders me from being baptized. Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he, was, and he baptized him. Now, when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Good morning. Last time I preached, we started looking through this uh, section of Scripture, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, began to examine the account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And, and while this is a familiar story to Christians, we discussed the value in going back and, and reviewing Bible accounts such as this. The story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch is a simple and straightforward account of one who wanted to know about the gospel and one who was willing to teach that individual. And the lessons in this study are, are very simple and easy for anyone with an open and honest heart to understand. And it's good for us, as we said, to look back now and then at these true stories from the Bible that many of us grew up hearing about and revisit them in order to strengthen our faith and potentially recognize a new application that we had not considered before. So we examined the account in Acts chapter 8 and made some observations regarding Philip's example. You know, we discussed how Philip was one who when an angel of the Lord tells him in verse 26 to go along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which the text tells us was desert. So it's basically in the middle of nowhere. And we talked about that last time. The beginning of verse 27 simply says, So he arose 
and went. Philip's example here is is a great one for us to follow because he demonstrates a a complete and unquestioning trust in God. There's complete obedience to the command despite there being no real clear evidence that Philip even understood why he was being told to do this. He just did it. God said it and he did it and it was as simple as that. And related to this point... Philip was one who allowed himself to be led by the Spirit. We talked about that last time. After Philip sees the Ethiopian eunuch in his chariot, verse 29 says that the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. And verse 30 states that Philip ran to him. So Philip again demonstrates an example here that that we should also strive for. All of us should allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit. And we do this... By listening to what God has told us in his revealed word. Philip also took advantage of the opportunity which was presented to him. So here on, the, on this road to Gaza, in the desert, Philip is presented with an opportunity. An opportunity to teach the gospel to one who was lost. And Philip took advantage of that opportunity without hesitation. You know, it is so important that we see those in the world who are not Christians as people with souls that are lost. Souls that are without Christ. Do we see the lost of this world and recognize the opportunities that exist all around us to teach? Philip recognized that there were souls which were lost and he was motivated to do something about it when the opportunity presented itself. And we all need to have that same Motivation, And then we also saw that Philip taught the truth of the gospel. Verse 35 states that Philip began at the scripture in Isaiah and preached Jesus to the Ethiopian eunuch. This was what the Ethiopian eunuch needed to hear, the truth of the gospel. He needed to learn about Jesus. His soul was lost and, and he was without Christ and Philip preached Jesus to him. But today I want us to consider the example demonstrated by the Ethiopian eunuch. So we looked at Philip's example, and today we're going to look at the example from the Ethiopian eunuch. Because there are some very good lessons for us to consider as a result of his example as well. Again, I want to thank Andrew for reading uh, Acts chapter 8, the section in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, which allowed us to kind of... uh, lay that foundation again and help us to see where we're going. So we looked at Philip's example. Let's look at the eunuch's example. And the first thing that we can see when we consider the eunuch's example is that the Ethiopian eunuch had an interest in spiritual things. So verse 28 of Acts chapter 8 states that that he was sitting in his chariot reading from the prophet Isaiah. And then, of course, Philip runs to him. Uh, Here's the Ethiopian reading and takes advantage of that opportunity like we had just talked about. Uh, Evangelism is certainly going to be easier when the individual we are talking to already has an interest in spiritual things. It does provide an easier opportunity for us. and, And so here was this Ethiopian eunuch who had an interest in spiritual things. But I also want to focus... I want to focus a little bit more on what this example means to us who are already Christians. 
You know, do we have the interest in spiritual things that we should? And I'd like for us to consider that for a few moments this morning. How sad it is that there are some Christians who do not seem to have that interest like they should. The Ethiopian eunuch had an interest in spiritual things, and yet sometimes people who already have Jesus don't have enough of an interest in spiritual things. I mean, they did at one point, it would seem, I mean, because they had been instructed in the knowledge of the truth, and they decided that they needed to obey the gospel. But for whatever reason, as time has passed by, it would seem that some have lost that interest in spiritual things that they once had. And, and why exactly does something like this happen? Why, why does it happen this way? Well, perhaps it's the cares and the worries of the world that get in the way. Or, or maybe someone just gets caught up in following after their own desires and wishes without regard to what the scriptures teach. Or, or maybe they obeyed the gospel but never really grasped the true importance of being a true disciple of Christ in the first place. So a lot of different things can happen. Yes, they, they believed that they needed to obey the gospel and be right with the Lord, but, but maybe they never really recognized that there was more to being a Christian than just the initial response and being baptized for the remission of sins, which of course is very important. But whatever the reason, and, and we've talked about several reasons that this can happen, there is a problem if a Christian is not interested in spiritual things. After all, we are part of a spiritual kingdom. You know, consider John chapter 18 and verse 36. When talking with Pilate, Jesus said to Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So, so if we're not interested in spiritual things, how can we continue to grow in Christ? How can we continue to be a member of a spiritual kingdom? Well, the answer, quite simply, is we can't. Here in Acts chapter 8, we see someone who was not a Christian, someone who was not saved yet, displaying a stronger interest in spiritual things than some, unfortunately, who have been Christians for many years. The eunuch had an interest in what God had to say. And I hope that we can appreciate what this account can teach us. What it tells us. Because we can become neglectful in our service at times. And as a result, fail to continue to grow in our service. And, and that pretty much always starts with us forgetting to focus on the spiritual and placing too much emphasis on the physical. This is why it is so important that we spend our time wisely. You know, that, that, that we spend the time that we need to studying and meditating upon the scriptures. So we can put God's word into our hearts and become more spiritually minded. That we make sure that we're attending worship on a regular basis. And, and that we're attending Bible classes on a regular basis. Because these things can benefit us. They can encourage us. They benefit us tremendously, but they can also encourage our brethren. And sometimes I think we don't think about that as much. How encouraging it is to one another. That my attendance in the assembly is not just for me, 
but it also seeks to encourage and edify my brethren. So we need to think about these things. I mean, if you, if you want a quick gauge on whether or not you are as interested in spiritual things as you need to be, well, you don't really have to look any further than your attendance habits. And it is true, it is true that someone can't, you know, attendance doesn't always tell the full story. We can, we can be here, someone can be here and just kind of occupy space. You know, I understand that. But examining one's attendance can give us an initial indicator of an individual's interest in spiritual things. And it's, it's one of the reasons why the elders, not just this eldership, but all the elderships as, far, as long as I've been a member here, have kept attendance records. Because it gives them insight into who may need more encouragement, more instruction, more support. So our attendance is important. And you know, I wasn't a fan of like putting the attendance rankings on the back of the, you know, on the bulletin board years ago when that happened. But you know, there was something to that. It can be kind of powerful to see that because I think what can happen is we can sometimes not realize how much we do miss. And we have those records. You know, you could ask us, hey, hey, you know, how has my attendance been? And we'd be more than happy to show that to you. Because I think what happens is what happens with uh, a lot of times with my students is they think they haven't missed that many assignments, but they've ended up kind of just uh, phoning it in on a few assignments here and there. Oh, like, well, that's just worth like seven or eight points. So that one's just worth like 15. I'll do the big assignments, but then they kind of blow off some of these other assignments. And I'm sure others who are teachers have kind of seen that happen as well in their classes. And so, so when they actually get a low grade, they're surprised. They're like, well, I do all the work. I do everything. How can I have this low grade? And so I open up the grade book and we look at it and they are shocked to see how much they're actually missing. It happens every single year. And I wonder if that's how some of us might feel about our attendance. We might think, well, I'm there enough. I'm pretty good about that. And then if we actually saw the records, we'd be like astonished that, wow, I'm not there that often. So our attendance is important. Now, of course, I'm not talking about those who cannot be here. That is a different thing altogether. But we are talking about Christians who could be here, but make the decision, for whatever reason, to not be here. And you know, the devil is really good at convincing people that they don't need to be here. Wow, it was a long day at work. I'm just really tired. I don't know how much I'll get out of it anyway if I go. These are things that the devil's really good at putting in your mind. And getting it to where you'll actually justify, yeah, you know, it's probably better I stay in. So we have to be careful about that. We're talking about Christians who could be here but make the decision not to be. That is where the problem is. And, and, and that is where the true self-examination comes in. Will we be willing to see things as they are when we really take that hard look at ourselves in the mirror? As I tell my students a lot, it's a lot easier to look at others and see the problems that they have. A lot more difficult to put that spotlight on ourselves. And that is what God wants us to do. 
wants us to examine ourselves. So I would challenge you to do something here. You know, take the time to look back over the past year at your patterns of attendance and really take the time to honestly think about that and and, and honestly determine what this is saying about your interest in spiritual things. Will you find that you often miss Bible class on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights? Will you find that you do not take advantage of the home Bible studies that we will have periodically throughout the year? And I get some, you know, sometimes we're not able to make those, but, but do you seek to take advantage of those things whenever possible? Uh, the ladies have, they, they've been meeting regularly once a month for the ladies' Bible study. These are great opportunities. And I hear about the good studies that they're having. Are you taking advantage of those opportunities? Will you find that you have missed worship for reasons that are unacceptable? You know, I, I get it. This can be kind of difficult. It'll be very, not kind of, it's very difficult to do. But I really want to encourage you to think about this because we cannot change what we do not acknowledge. If we don't acknowledge a problem, we're not going to be able to change it. And we need to be growing. And then there's the fact that we might be here at every service, but not really striving to change and grow as Christians. And that shouldn't be the case either. So again, attendance alone is not the, 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 the silver bullet that solves everything. We still have to invest ourselves. But it can give us an indicator of where we are as far as our interest in spiritual things. And the one who has an interest in the spiritual will have the desire to be with the brethren, to meditate on the scriptures. They're going to have a desire to grow. They're going to have the desire to become more like Christ in every way. And we can look at ourselves and see if this is happening as well. You know, Brother Rod, when he was here, he used to, he used to use this uh, suggestion many times. And I'm going to make mention of it here. Is that, you know, so, so not only we talk about attendance, but we talk about just our overall spiritual growth. And and our interest in spiritual things. If we look back again at the past year of our lives as a Christian, and we examine our discipleship over the last year, and we come up to the end of a calendar year here, and you hear people talk about, you know, uh, New Year's resolutions and things like that, uh, we're just sort of uh, conditioned to start kind of looking back at the past year and look ahead to the new year. Well, as we start to do that, Let's look at our spiritual growth. Let's look at our interest in spiritual things. Let's look at the decisions that we've made. Are we still in the same place now, in December of 2022, spiritually, that we were last December 2021? Have I grown? So we've, we've talked about this before. And that's an, that's an important tool that we can use. We can kind of examine ourselves and go, okay, where am I? Am I growing? Again, I get it. This is something that can be very difficult to do. But it is essential for us to do this now and then. The one who is interested in spiritual things, the one who wants to be pleasing to the Lord, will not hesitate to do all that they can to grow and become more like Christ. 
And even though the Ethiopian eunuch was not a Christian, he demonstrated an interest in spiritual things and stands today as an excellent example to all of us. And something else that we can see here from the example of the Ethiopian eunuch was that he was humble. So if we look back at Acts chapter 8 and we look at verses 30 and 31, it says, So Philip ran to him, running to the Ethiopian eunuch, and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. You know, when Philip asks him if he understands what he is reading, the eunuch responds with another question, how can I unless someone guides me? And then, and then asks in verse 34, uh, I ask of you, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? So here is a man in the Ethiopian eunuch who was not afraid to admit that he didn't understand. Here is a man who was willing to be guided. Here is a man who demonstrated humility. Now again, so here was someone who was not yet yet a Christian demonstrating a level of humility that sadly is sometimes lacking amongst those who have been Christians for many years. And we really need to think about this. Do we have this humility when it comes to the teachings of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to put aside our own ideas about things and receive the instruction and, and sometimes, quite frankly, correction that we need from Jesus? What about when we hear things from the scripture that really cut to our heart? How do we respond in those situations? You know, do we, do we lash out with anger and frustration because we heard something that just steps on our toes? It, it hits too close to home. And it's something I just don't want to hear. Or are we willing to be humble? Are we willing to sit down and open our Bibles and analyze the teaching, considering how it applies to us? You know, when the truth of the scriptures pricks our hearts or goes against what we are practicing in our lives, how do we respond? Do we, do we react with humility or with pride and arrogance? You know, it really amazes me, folks, that there can be so much arrogance and pride amongst Christians when we can clearly see that this was not at all how Jesus was when he was on the earth. You know, I think of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples in John chapter 13 and and how that stands today as a tremendous example of humility. Or what the Apostle Paul writes about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 and verse 5 where the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of of the cross. And when taking the time to examine the humility that Christ exemplified during his life here on earth, it becomes apparent that this characteristic had better be an essential part of the Christian's personality. 
So, so for the Christian, humility is not just a personality trait that one might have and someone else might not have. A Christian must be humble. Humility is required if we are going to be true disciples of Jesus Christ. But sadly, many have allowed pride to take hold of themselves. And, and pride ultimately leads us to failure. Proverbs, you might you probably remember the movie Beauty and the Beast. It's the 30th anniversary of that. And this is Gaston. A lot of you probably know who that is. The, the picture of pride in that film. Proverbs 16 and verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, there are endless examples throughout history, our our, our current times, and in our personal lives, in our interactions with others, where we have been able to see pride going before a fall. We've probably seen that before. We've probably seen examples of that. Maybe we've even seen it in our own lives at times. And despite this evidence as to the destructive force of pride, despite the clear instruction on the importance, the extreme importance of humility, it continues, pride continues to wreak havoc on the lives of men who continue to trust in themselves more than God or uh, in learned brethren who are trying to help them, trying to encourage them, and trying to instruct them. And this really should not be the case. So how do I know if I'm having difficulties with pride? Now, I think a lot of it comes down to how I respond to things that I'm confronted with. You know, if a brother or sister in Christ comes up to me in a spirit of love and, and they're concerned about my behavior or choice that I recently made or something that I am involved in that they feel could be a problem for me, a spiritual problem for me, or if I hear a lesson uh, from the truth preached from the pulpit that hits a little too close to home or pricks my heart, well, how do I respond? What is my reaction to that? Am I willing to listen to what they have to say? Am I willing to examine myself and face the reality that I might be wrong? Or do I feel the anger rising up inside of me? Do I feel the need to lash out at others who would dare to say something like that to me? Do I feel the need to go on the attack and tear them down without really listening? And you know, there are people who who have so much pride and so much arrogance that this becomes the essence of who they are and they almost can't even see it. Or maybe they just don't want to see it. It's fascinating And quite frankly, pretty scary how quickly our emotions can cause us to forget very straightforward teachings from the scriptures. Because what does the Bible say? James chapter 1 verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. But, but when pride is a very large part of our personality, we can find ourselves having a, an extremely difficult time following even the most simple of commands in the scriptures. And this one just gets tossed right out the window. Pride is dangerous, brethren, and it can cause us to lose our souls. And that's why we are called 
to be humble like little children. You know, when the disciples had come to Jesus and asked, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? How did Jesus respond? Matthew chapter 18, verse 2, Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus did this because if we are as little children, we will be humble and willing to receive instruction. One of the other accounts say, says uh, that Jesus picked up the child in his arms. And, I th- you know, and I've thought about that before. Are we willing to be picked up and carried by Jesus? Or are we wanting to go our own way and do things our way? But if we're as little children, we'll be humble and we'll be willing to receive instruction. And pride does the exact opposite of that. So this is something that we all need to think about. Are we being the humble servants that God wants us to be? Willing to listen, willing to change, willing to obey. Or are we allowing pride to reign in our hearts? The Ethiopian eunuch demonstrated humility with Philip in this account here in Acts chapter 8. He willingly admitted that he did not understand. He was willing to be guided And his example is something that we should strive to follow in our lives. A third point, and it's kind of related to this idea of being humble. The Ethiopian eunuch also listened to what Philip taught him from the scriptures. I mean, without humility, there really would be no desire to listen. We've kind of established that already. So these two things really go hand in hand. The humility and the willingness to listen. Humility helps us to listen to God. And since the Ethiopian eunuch had that humility, he was more than willing to listen to what Philip taught. So again, we could go back to James chapter 1 verse 19, which we referenced just about a minute ago. Are we quick to hear? Are we quick to listen? Or are we more quick to throw in our own two cents because we know that we are right? Now this can of course apply to those who are not Christians and and need the gospel but also to us as we continue to grow in our discipleship. I've mentioned this before, I know, but as a teacher, sometimes you have to pull a student aside. They're misbehaving in class, they're causing disruption, and, and, and their grade is suffering for it. They're, they're, they're having a negative impact on the rest of the class. And so I'll pull a student outside And I'll try to talk to them about things, try to reason with them about things. I know those of you who are teachers have done the same type of thing. And and you can almost, you can pretty much tell with some students that they're not even listening to what you have to say. They're just not even listening. You're trying to reason with them. I remember sometimes I thought, okay, I'm coming up with some good stuff. This will get them thinking about this. And I can see that they're miles away. And a lot of times that's because they already think they have the answers. It's pride getting in the way. So they're not listening. We don't want to be like that when it comes to our relationship with God. In the case of the Ethiopian eunuch, he needed to listen in order to know what he needed to do to be saved. Many of us are already Christians and we we still need to continue to listen to God's teaching so that we can continue to grow. So we can become more like Jesus. 
So we always need to have that willingness to listen. And when we come up against various teachings in God's word that, that, like we said, prick our hearts or challenge us, we need to be willing to listen and not shut our ears and close our minds because we don't like what this might mean for me. That's, again, this is really simple teaching, but unfortunately, we can struggle with this. Even after being Christians for many years. So let us strive to be as the Ethiopian eunuch and have that desire to listen to what God has said. Especially when what God says really ruffles our feathers or steps on our toes and cuts to our heart. A fourth point. We can also see that the Ethiopian eunuch considered what had been taught and then responded to that teaching. The text states that after the eunuch asked his questions, that Philip, beginning at the scripture which the Ethiopian was reading, preached Jesus to him. And it is clear, it is clear from the reading that the eunuch had considered what Philip had taught, what Philip had said. Look again at verse 36 in Acts chapter 8. Again, it's Acts chapter 8, back in our original reading, verse 36. It says, Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? So the Ethiopian eunuch had listened to what Philip had taught with a humble heart, and and it demonstrates evidence that he had been considering what was being taught, what was being said to him. He sees the water, and he says, What hinders me from being baptized? So first of all, we know that when Philip preached Jesus unto him, that this teaching included the concept of baptism for the remission of sins. And we know that the Ethiopian eunuch considered this and had a willingness to respond. And as we read on, we find that they stop and go down into the water, and Philip baptizes the eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch considered what was taught and responded to it. And finally, we see that after the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized, he considered, after he considered and responded to the gospel, that he went on his way rejoicing. Look at verse 39 in our original reading in Acts chapter 8. It says, Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he, the Ethiopian eunuch, went on his way rejoicing. So after having obeyed the gospel, after having done what was right, after having obeyed the Lord, the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. This is another fantastic example for us to follow. Do we have that same attitude when we obey the will of the Lord? Or are we doing things, you know, begrudgingly? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like when, when, when you have young children and, and, and the two siblings get in a fight and you're trying to, as a parent, work that out and you say, hey, you know, you need to apologize. You know, you need to apologize to, to your sibling. And, and, and they just go, I'm sorry. And they're kind of pouting. You, you know, if, if anyone, any parent who's had you know, several kids, has probably seen something like that before. They have said it in such a way that you know that's not coming from their heart. They don't really mean it. 
in their heart, they're like, I'm still angry and I'm not happy about it. And I'm not sorry. So we cannot and must not follow God's word with that type of attitude. You know, where it's just a burden to follow God's word. Oh, I can't have any fun. I'm, I'm a Christian. That's not how it's supposed to be. Following the commandments of God should bring us great joy. And it will if we recognize that the Lord knows more than we do. And if we are willing to put away our own ideas about things. And this again requires a great deal of humility on our part. And, and you know, we've mentioned this not too long ago in the, in the Sunday morning Bible class. We can also be reminded here in this account of how when it comes to responding to God's teaching, facts and faith come before the feelings. That's the biblical pattern here. You know, talk about the feelings of rejoicing. You know, too many people today want to reject this pattern. They want feelings to come first. And the result is that they get carried away by false teaching and, and whatever they desire. Now, I'm not saying there that there can't be a feeling like, oh, hey, I need to do right. There's a feeling involved there. But I'm talking about, you know, how a lot of the world just wants to go, oh, I just want to do whatever feels right to me without ever opening up the book. That is a huge problem in our, not just in the religious world, but just in society. As society is bowing down before the altar of feelings and emotion. And we can't be naive to think that that might not have an effect on us. It won't manifest itself in a major way, maybe for a long time, but it can start to eat away at our faith if we're not careful. We've got to be different. And so when we look at this account, I'm reminded of the biblical pattern that when it comes to the gospel, the facts come first. This is what God wants. And then are you going to have faith in that? I believe what God has said. And I'm going to obey. And then what comes after that? The feeling of rejoicing that you're right with the Lord. I love this account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch for it provides great examples for us as Christians to consider today. And not only can we learn important lessons from Philip's example, like his willingness to obey God, uh, to be led by the Spirit, to take advantage of opportunities to evangelize and teach the truth, but we also have the example of the Ethiopian eunuch demonstrating an interest in spiritual things. Having a humble attitude and a willingness to listen to God's truth. And ultimately we see the eunuch considering what was taught and having a desire to respond to that teaching. And we can clearly see that when the gospel of Jesus is truly preached, the death of Jesus for our sins will be stressed. The importance of baptism as commanded by Jesus will be mentioned as well. Such that people will want to know what hinders me from being baptized? They're going to want to be baptized. And the purpose of baptism when we teach others is, is going to be properly understood. Knowing that, that one can be baptized in private just as well as in public. And that the necessity for a wholehearted faith in Jesus needs to happen as well. Baptism is just the beginning. 
You know, it's really a simple and straightforward lesson from the Scriptures, but nonetheless, one we need to be reminded of every now and then. And so we're going to extend the invitation this morning. And maybe you're here today and you have not responded to the gospel of Christ. And we have been presenting some facts. You look at, as Abby would say, dropping facts. We've heard that before. And so it's like, we're dropping some facts. And so we look at Acts chapter 8 and we see what the Bible teaches. And there are some facts there. This is what you need to do. This is what the Bible teaches. Do you have faith in that message? Do you have the faith? To respond to that message. Jesus says he who believes. And is baptized. Will be saved. And if you have that faith. And you want to obey the gospel. You can be baptized this very day. And start your life as a Christian. And then you can go on your way. Rejoicing. You can be baptized today. And we would love to help you with that. Or maybe you've been a Christian for some time. And. And you've lost that humility. You're not as humble as you need to be. And maybe that's caused you some problems in your life. And perhaps you've allowed pride to reign in your heart. And it's driven you away from Christ and His teaching. Maybe it's driven a wedge between you and your loved ones. Maybe it's kept you from growing as you should and becoming more like Jesus. Or maybe you've just lost interest in spiritual things. But the good news is... No one is too broken for Jesus Christ. And you can be saved, and you can make things right with Him. And as of right now, there's still time to make things right. Whatever your need may be, please let us help you. Come forward as we stand and sing. The song has been selected.